week number two in the books. And my goodness, lots to get to, including would it be an upset? Yes, an upset if the Patriots did not win the Super Bowl. Plus, speaking of the Super Bowl, are the Cowboys actually legit contenders this year for that game? Plus, Falcons, Eagles, certainly a crazy game, but which team did we learn more about? Also, are the Ravens and Lamar Jackson really this good? We also have to get to Aaron Rodgers. Quarterbacks injured a whole lot more. The Sports Six Podcast is back, and it starts right now. Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Friend, here on an NFL Monday. We got plenty to get to. I first want to adjust this really quickly before we get into a lot of stuff. Obviously, I've been off for a bit. Do want to say a huge thank you to all those involved in giving me multiple opportunities on ESPN. Plus, for those who have not seen on social over the past couple weeks, uh, yours truly, now the voice of Cornell Women's Volleyball, Cornell Men's Soccer, and will also be making an appearance on football this Friday, all on ESPN Plus for Cornell. So that's what I've been busy with. So with that said, all those big roles do want to announce Sportsnik podcasts, shows will now be released three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, with that said, I mean, my goodness, the New England Patriots. Another year, another win for the New England Patriots and their fans. They beat the Dolphins 43 to nothing. They've now outscored their opponents 76 to 3 in their first two games. And I'm at the point where I'm just saying, if the Patriots don't win the Super Bowl this year, it will be the biggest upset and disappointment in this dynasty's history. And I'm going to let that settle for a second because that's a bold statement, especially with this dynasty, but I don't believe it's even be that hot of a take. I know fans are going to say, well, Nick, what about the 2017? They went 16-0. That was a huge disappointment. Yes, it was, but let's realize it wasn't like the league stunk that year. The Colts, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks were all really good teams. This year, obviously pending injury. You can say that about any team. No one should beat this team. No one. I mean, you look at the NFC. I think it's a whole bunch of overrated teams, including the Rams and the Saints. No one out in the NFC should beat them. And in the AFC, I don't think the Chiefs should beat them yet with the defense they still have and the defensive problems they have there. But more importantly, how the hell are you going to stop Tyron Brady with these weapons? He has a good offensive line bordering on very good to great. He has targets that include Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon. He has a real solid defense, a secondary that's going to be really good, led by Stefan Gilmore, who's had a very good start to this season. I mean, listen, yes, they're not going to be tested early. They won't. They, they should be 7-0 with this schedule they have upcoming here. And it's also going to be a complete and utter upset if they do not get to 7-0 with the schedule they have to start the season. I mean, my goodness, you look at them going forward. Uh, yeah, they're going to play the Sam Darnoldless Jets, then the Bills, then the Redskins, then the Giants, then the Jets before they get to a kind of maybe sort of test against the Browns at home. I mean, they should be 7-0. They should win the Super Bowl. And yes, everyone else is chasing them, and it's not an exaggeration at this point. Now, speaking of the Super Bowl, one of their potential maybe competitors is the Dallas Cowboys. 
The Dallas Cowboys beat Washington 31 to 21 to improve to 2 and 0 and my goodness the the question i asked on this morning's show which i'll ask here as well is are the cowboys actually legit super bowl contenders this year and i phrase that question because according to cowboys fans it's always you know this year and the next year that they're going to eventually be competitive and eventually actually even get to this thing never mind win it and listen it pains me to say this but the cowboys hype is real this year it's real and that's the first time i've ever said it but cowboys fans go ahead let it go. Let it go. Feel good about your team. You should. You should because this has all the makings of a, <laughs> here we go, Super Bowl contending team. It does. You look at this offense, which, by the way, has scored on five straight possessions at some point during both of their first two games, which has Dak Prescott, who, again, I will never call him great. At points, he hasn't even been very good, but he's solid and he works for this team. They have an offensive line that, yes, isn't isn't the old Dallas Cowboys offensive line, but is still very good. They have Zeke, and for the first time, they have options behind him. They also have a deep wide receiver core at this point, obviously led by Amari Cooper. And then when you pair that with a defense, that my goodness, are they legit up front? You got a scary team. You do. Now, the one weakness I see in this team that I think Cowboys fans should be concerned about is their secondary. It's been their weakness so far, if there has been any in these first two weeks. I don't trust their safety group. I don't trust their cornerbacks. I mean, if you trust trust Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath back there, I mean, be my guest. So that's something you should watch for them going forward. And maybe with them potentially having some traded assets here, maybe they can get in somebody back there to help out that group. But when you put this team together with, my goodness, maybe they're getting a little bit lucky. Maybe the Cowboys are getting a little bit lucky because their first test was supposed to be week four against uh, the Saints, and now they're probably not going to have their quarterback. I mean, my goodness, the Cowboys look real. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but they do. Dallas Cowboys, they look real. So go ahead, Cowboys fans. Go crazy. No, you will. Now, on Sunday Night Football, bit of a crazy game. And by a bit, I mean just, quite frankly, a really crazy game. The Falcons beat the Eagles 24-20. to Each team is now 1-1. One and one. And my goodness, this game looked like my face going through puberty. All sorts of ugly. All sorts of changes here, there, and everywhere. People getting injured left and right. And let's start with the quarterback play. Because Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz both stunk overall. I know they had flashes, and people are going to point to flashes, and there was good flashes, sure. But can we talk about the fact that Carson Wentz has looked awful in five out of the eight quarters? And I don't say awful lately. I literally had written down in my notes that he's looked mediocre. He hasn't looked mediocre. He's looked awful in five out of eight quarters. And my goodness, have the Eagles had their injuries. Absolutely, and their fans are going to bring it up. Nick, we've had lots of injuries. I mean, yes, dating back to the past three seasons. But I'm sick of that being an excuse, and the complete and utter excuse. Sure, it's an excuse. But last week at Washington, you barely won against the Case Keenum-led Washington Redskins. You then come out this week, had chance after chance after chance to win. Yes, you're banged up, but still... And you put up that performance? And listen, credit to Atlanta for pulling it out, all that. But Malcolm Jenkins and Ronald Darby, let's look at their defense, are the best they have back in that secondary. And even they looked shaky in this game, especially especially Darby. 
and I will continue to draw attention to is their coaching. I've said it at times. I'll say it again. Doug Peterson does not make good decisions down the stretch. Why the hell do you allow your defensive coordinator to call a cover zero six-man blitz on the game deciding game-winning touchdown to Julio Jones? Why? Why do you ever call that down the stretch against an Atlanta Falcons team that has a wide receiver core I do not need to go through? It makes no sense. I'm sick of the injuries being an excuse. Yes, it's part of the reason that things are going south there in Philly. It seems like really quick all of a sudden, but it's not the reason. And unless they can get the rest of this team together, injuries or not, it's not going to matter who's healthy. Let's go to Baltimore where, uh, yeah, all of a sudden they're 2-0, folks. They beat the Cardinals, who are now 0-1-1, 23-17. Lamar Jackson, 272 yards on the day, passing two touchdowns to add to it. And here we go. Choo-choo, all aboard the Baltimore hype train. Let's get on. I know there's plenty of you already on it. More will hop on. Keep hopping on because, my goodness, there's not a lot of room left, but join the bandwagon. And you can, but I'm not yet. I'm not. All I'm asking is we slow down because after week one, when Lamar Jackson went off, when the Ravens looked good, everybody said, yeah, but it was the Dolphins, right? It's the Dolphins. I want to see them compete against a real team. Let's, let's just slow the roll. They looked good, but let's just slow the roll. Now they beat the Arizona Cardinals, who, yes, mind you, have looked better than last season. But they beat the Arizona Cardinals, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I mean, my goodness. My goodness, they, they look great. They just look great. I mean, I mean, Super Bowl, here we cut. No, slow your roll. And listen, I did an extreme there. Most people are talking Super Bowl, but people are buying all in on this team. Yes, Jackson has looked good. Seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, played solid. And by the way, I still really, really like them. I do. Their defense, Matthew Jadon, Pernell McPhee up front have looked really good. They have one of the best secondaries. A little shaky this past week, but nonetheless, still one of the best secondaries. I think you're going to be legit. I think you're going to be real good. I think you're a team on the rise. I think you should feel crazily optimistic about your future, especially if Jackson continues to develop the way he's developing. But can we just wait till you beat a real good team? Can we wait till you even compete against the Kansas City Chiefs next week? Can we wait? Which, by the way, my goodness, am I looking forward to that matchup. Ravens defense versus Patrick Mahomes. How can Jackson do on the big stage? All of it. Can we just wait till you even show up in that game before we start, you know, getting out the divisional banners? I mean, my goodness. Again, I think they're going to be good. But let's just pump the brakes. Pump the brakes just a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's week two, and uh, I mean, my goodness, we really had waited too long for this Aaron Rodgers drama to get back up and going, did we? Aaron Rodgers and coach Matt LaFleur had a, uh, well, Packers want us to call it a conversation at the end of the first half and got caught by the cameras. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, he was asked about it after the game, and here's what he had to say. It actually wasn't a big deal. He's just, uh, you know, as am I, we're, you know, a little animated at times, but... um, I can't say it was, you know, we were yelling how much we love each other, but we definitely weren't MFing each other or anything. It was, it was talking about the, the look there and, and, you know, get on the same page. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers really sets a high standard for his relationships going well. We were MFing each other, so, you know, we all lost roses over a year. Yeah, this is not a big deal. It's not. For now. For now. Because Aaron Rodgers, over and over and over again, will bring up nonsense like this and turn it into way bigger of a deal than it should have been. All Matt LaFleur was trying to do was come over and talk about a defensive look. And Aaron Rodgers had to take his toxic, self-centered, overrated rear end and go off about this. Why? Why? I will continue to ask this question with Aaron Rodgers. And my goodness, you want to talk about people who get away with things that they shouldn't because of their talent? Point A, exhibit one, Aaron Rodgers. Because if he had half the talent, if he had even had 20% less of the talent that he had right now, we would have a lot different of a public view on this guy. I would compare it to Odell Beckham Jr. But the regardless thing here is this is not the end of it. And how do I know that? Because he's petty and he showed it in the conference press conference after. He said Mike McCarthy never came and sat next to him on the bench to discuss an incident. He had to go up to Mike McCarthy and and talk to him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this isn't the last of the whining we'll hear from him. That's for sure. Now, obviously, some major quarterback injuries happening this week. Uh, We have multiple reports on Drew Brees and Big Ben, so let's head it. This is Breaking News. With Sports with Nick. As I'm recording this 10 a.m. Eastern Time, some breaking news coming down regarding Drew Brees and Big Ben. I'm sure you'll hear more by the time this is out and by the time you're listening to this. But Drew Brees has a ligament issue and is, quote, looking at missing some game time. That according to Ann Rappaport of the NFL Network. And Big Ben wants to avoid potential elbow surgery quote, at all costs, end quote, and a decision will be made today by doctors, that according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. Listen, obviously you hate to see this to any player, specifically quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm just going to say this, and listen, we don't know the severity of the injuries based on first reports. Big Ben certainly seems a lot more serious than Drew Brees, but we're talking about a 40-year-old quarterback in Drew Brees and 37 in Big Ben. Not everyone is Tom Brady, folks. I know Tom Brady has switched our mindset to think that, oh, yeah, quarterbacks can play into their mid-40s. Overall, history shows us that they cannot, and 40 is a key number. No one really had a successful season at the quarterback position to the extent Tom Brady did until Tom Brady did it. Drew Brees is at that age. Big Ben's quickly approaching it. And why I'm less concerned about Brees, in theory, because he has less of a history with injuries... He is 40, and that video of him not being able to pick up a football is concerning, to say the least. And for Big Ben, I mean, it's ribs, it's his shoulder, it's his knee, it's his foot, it's now his elbow. And I've said this for about a year now on the Steelers. I think you have to start planning for the future. Mason Rudolph could potentially be that. Who knows? So I think this could be a potential blessing in disguise for them. See what you have in Mason Rudolph. Address your future from there. Because I've said it before, I'll say it again. You are not winning another Super Bowl with Roethlisberger. And it might be time to move on. 
All right, it is good to be back. That is the SportsNix Podcast. Again, new schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I do want to thank you for being uh, supportive of that in advance. Again, heavy ESPN plus schedule for me on the play-by-play and color commentary. Again, Cornell women's volleyball, Cornell men's soccer, and Cornell sprint football. Uh, volleyball, I've already called. They're away this week. So is soccer, but Friday... Home opener for sprint football. We'll touch on this more as it gets closer. Uh, but kickoff for that is 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus, Penn versus Cornell. So, again, it's good to be back. I hope everybody has a good night, and I will catch you on Wednesday. See you then.